All right. Sitting down today with Rich Bensaka, the editor in chief at Professional Builder Magazine. Rich, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to hop on here with me today. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Now, Rich, you've been on the beat. Is that what they say in journalism? Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, that's what, that's more that's that more term? newspapers. Yeah, the, 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 you know, <laughs> I know. Newspaper, but, but, but yeah, we're. We're on the beat of coronavirus for sure. Oh, yes. And you've been around housing for a long time too. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, my 33rd year covering the industry. Holy cow. So I don't have to ask about 2008, 2009. You saw saw that happen. (laughs) And everyone's saying it's not 2008, 2009. It, It may not be, but that doesn't mean it can't still potentially be worse or harder in some ways than 2008, 2009. The cause of it we know is different. We still aren't sure. Uh, the effects. And right. that's what we want to sit down and talk about with you. So uh, what are you seeing out there? What are you hearing? What are people talking to you about on or off the record? Well, I think, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of uh, over the overriding theme seems to be just a lot of uncertainty. And I think we all feel that personally and professionally, you know, this thing seems to be still a bit of a moving target. And while certain states have taken I don't want to say severe because I think they're appropriate, but but fairly severe action to mm-hmm. limit, uh, you know, social contact and 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 just uh, you know try to flatten the curve, if you will, of exposure and, and spread of the virus. You know, there's still kind of you know uh, different policies and and different rules and different you know ways that that we're being told to react to it. I think that you know, and builders are are and we can get to this. We've, we're conducting a survey now. Uh, among builders and, and remodeling contractors about uh, the, their their impacts, the, the business impacts, and then kind of what they're doing or not doing in response to it. And uh, you know, again, it, it's kind of led by uh, the comments, especially, are led by we're just not sure. You know, we're doing the right thing. We think we are, but you know, we don't know what's going to come out of this and if if it's going to have an effect. Yeah, and part of it is this herky jerky motion in different parts of a home building organization where right. we're seeing certainly a, a drop in overall web traffic and demand and inquiries. However, it's not as severe as you would expect it to be in most places. And so we still hear these anecdotal stories of people selling a home completely virtually over Zoom or FaceTime or, or whatever. And and yet a lot of those cases, when we keep asking more questions, well, I, yeah, I first met that person a month ago in the model. And so there's this other question of how much is just on pause or frozen activity? How much is a, is a demand that's lost and never coming back because of a job loss or other issues? And then you've got construction operations, uh, land activity. You know, there, there's just so many different directions that, that, that we're kind of drowning in data, perhaps. Yeah. And, and so I think it's, <laughs> right. what's great, too, is that you're, well, we're drowning in data, but we have no great reference points because I've heard some people say what we're experiencing is more like 2008, 2009 combined with 9-11 because we have this health issue and this economic issue that are kind of uh, going together. But you guys, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's true. I think, I, but I do, I will say this, I think unlike 2008 and, and 9-11, uh, this, this seems to be affecting everybody. I mean, mm, you right. know, 9-11 affected everybody from a standpoint of we changed the rules for how you get on, a, on an airplane and some right. other things, yeah. um, but really impacted New York and D.C. and and and, and rural Pennsylvania. Um, yep. You know, and I think that, you know, and, and 20, 2008, you know, the recession from 08 to 11, I think, you know, you know, obviously had 
and not to use the term lightly, but hotspots where there was sure. overspeculation and yeah. over overinvestment, and and other markets weren't as affected that were smaller, maybe not driven by you know the the larger production builders or or the volume of building that was being done in some other markets like Phoenix or Vegas. So yeah, I think you know it, the whole country seems to be affected by this. Every builder at some level and remodeler is affected by this, and. Um, that's what makes it really scary, I think, for a lot of people is that, you know, they, they could look at a market like Vegas when they're in Billings, Montana and go, that's not me. Um, mm-hmm. But now they look at it and go, that's me, you know. Right. We're, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And what I really think when people say 9-11, what they're, what they're probably meaning more is just that initial like 48 hour period where everyone kind of hunkered down. Yes. You left your yeah. job. You went back home. You just yeah. weren't sure what was going to happen next. But that obviously is already we're in week two in places like Ohio. We're, we're in week two of that scenario. So right. that it's, it's certainly much, much different and broader, like you're saying. But you guys yeah. are, as usual, stepping up and getting some more good data, both qualitatively and quantitatively on how builders are responding and thinking. Tell us a little bit yeah. about the survey and, and how those results are coming in. Sure. Um, just for context, um, we've had the survey out for about 11 days um, and we've gotten uh, about 1,300, a little more than 1,300 responses, which is terrific. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. And and we'll include a link in the show notes to get more for everyone listening who wants to continue to, to add in. Oh, that's great. Data set. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to keep it open at kind of as long as as long as people respond to it, frankly, so and keep updating it on our website and our social channels. But um, so, yeah, and it's, you know, it's a mix of new home builders and remodeling contractors, mostly a few architects are in there. Um, so uh, it's a good it's a good mix, good representation of the industry. Most of the most of the firms that uh, companies that have responded are are smaller. They have fewer than than 10 employees. Forty uh, percent have fewer than three employees. So very small companies, uh, which is yeah. kind of typical of our industry. Um, that's I good because those are also the ones that are most at risk and probably should be making adjustments. Right? Absolutely. Yes. No, no doubt about it. So yeah, it's, you know, I think one thing that we did ask that I thought was kind of shows the most difference in the last 11 days of this thing is uh, the business impact, the, the impact that they anticipate on their business um, yeah. from, from the, the virus and, and the, the resulting policies and, and things that have happened. Um, you know, two weeks ago, uh, it was mostly kind of a moderate to minor type of impact. Um, in fact, about 75% said that it would be minor or moderate. Even 6% said they didn't think there'd be any impact. And that <laughs> script has completely flipped. I mean, we've got um, 84% that are thinking it's going to be moderate or severe, um, 40% severe. So, you know, really kind of seeing now kind of the, I don't want to say the writing on the wall, but basically, you know, now that we've been two weeks into this and, and it looks like it's going to be continue on for a while, I think uh, builders are saying this is, this is really going to have a negative impact on our, on our business and, um, and then coming up with solutions to try to try to manage through that. And you're also said that you've seen builders cut back on construction of certainly inventory homes, but even just saying we aren't starting homes at all right now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. We did ask kind of, you know, disruption of the of the production process. Um, and, uh, you know, 23% of the people that responded to the survey say that they've, they've stopped starting new homes or projects. Um, and then another 16 have stopped working on homes uh, in progress. And I think that that's a combination of things. I think, you know, from the remodeling standpoint, we know that that a good number of remodelers, two thirds of them have seen clients postpone 
or cancel projects. And, you know, in remodeling, it's much more difficult to continue on with an existing project because, you know, typically the home. Yeah, they don't want there. you in the house. Yeah. Right? And they're, and they're in their house. Right. I mean, so that's where, that's where they're sheltering in place. So, so that's going to happen, but those numbers are significantly up from the, what they were two weeks ago. And, and that's to be expected. I mean, things have changed significantly in the last 10 days or two weeks. So, but you know, there's still 45% of builders who have reported that they're, they're they haven't taken any action that's disrupted their production or sales activities. So now that's, that's down from 65% after the first day of the survey, but uh, still, you know, it's, it, there is activity going and, and we've talked to some builders who are, you know, taking good measures to help, you know, stem the spread of the virus, uh, limiting the number of people on site, you know, taking, uh, you know, having temperature checks and having them wear respirators and, and really being, you know, and sanitizing and cleaning job sites and materials and shared tools and things like that. Um, so I think they're doing their part, even though they're, they're allowed to still, and, and still want to. I think that's a really key point to yeah. reemphasize. And certainly the laws may be different, in different places. Always be sure to double check this, but I have been surprised how many people are kind of just saying, well, we're, we're allowed to continue working, even if the rest of, you know, as an essential part of, of the economy. And yet in most places that I've read the the rules, it says, you can continue to work, but you still have to have all the the personal protective equipment and all you still have to follow the guidelines. And so that's, that's still an area of potential risk for people who aren't aware. You can't just can't, can't, can't say I'm essential. So I get to keep working as normal. You do right. have to take those, those additional measures yeah. or you could be up for fines or at least being told you need to shut down. Right. You no. Know, and, and what's interesting too, to that point is that we did ask, you know, what voluntary measures are you taking to, uh, to help reduce the risk of exposure either to yourself or from yourself. Um, and they could select from a number of different options, but it's, it's pretty comprehensive. I mean, there's not one thing that they're doing overwhelmingly over others. I mean, they're, they're doing all the things that, that seem to be recommended, social distancing, additional cleaning and sanitizing, as I mentioned, um, uh, you know, mandating that, that people who aren't feeling well or are taking care of, of sick relatives or sick friends, you know, stay home. Um, and then using digital tools and we've seen a lot of that an uptick in a lot of that of oh, yeah. uh, digital tools for virtual meetings with both clients and team members, um, online sales centers, online, uh, virtual walkthroughs of homes, you know, so, uh, only 1% of the people that responded have done nothing in terms of voluntary measures. And, you know, that's, that's, I expect that to go down to almost zero at some point. I think the thing that we're all most excited about, certainly the virtual sales and, and virtualization of a lot of things is exciting to, to, to a lot of us, but the most exciting is the closing, you know, being able to do oh, the right. closing yeah. without having to go into that musky dark room. <laughs> and, and With an attorney. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's bad enough. No, I, I, right. uh, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, you're seeing some of the technologies that we've been tracking for, you know, at least five, if not, if not longer, five years or longer that are kind of, you know, had, had middling success, definitely were, were proven technologies, but not mainstream. And, yep. you know, from everything from, you know, initial uh, interest of a, of a buyer, we know that buyers shop at least initially online overwhelmingly more than they used to, you know, drive around and, and look for yeah. houses and things, but, you know, and it's all about the timing. Yeah, uh, because this, like you said, this technology has been around. I was reading an article where an interview of Glenn Kelman, the CEO of Redfin, mm -hmm. and he's like, everything that we're doing right now in terms of virtual showings and opportunities, we tried that a couple of years ago. And no matter what we did, we couldn't get more than 0.1% of our website traffic to opt for that. Right. So 
even though the te- technology was there and ready to go, consumers didn't want it. And now they're they're seeing tremendous growth in that. Obviously, as a percentage, the percentage sounds incredible. The volume's still generally low. Redfin is still struggling and has, has made had to make a lot of adjustments. But if they didn't have that, they'd have almost nothing right yeah, now. So right. you can have the right technology at the wrong time. That doesn't mean it's, it's the wrong solution. It's just not yet. And so we do have to circle back to things as marketers and, and business owners that we might have tried and it was just too early to do before and give it a shot now. Well, I think, you know, again, I mean, we're, we're both, you know, kind of old hands at, at the housing industry and, and specifically around <laughs> sales and marketing. And I think that, you know, this industry does not, does not change on its own very quickly, um, nope. certainly not in mass. And when you've got a, a situation like this, where you are looking at survival strategies and ways to continue working and, and selling, um, generating cash flow, whatever you want to call it, you know, those technologies may have been in the back of your mind and, and kind of like, well, you know, when things slow down or I'll get to it, or, you know, I, I'm not ready for that. You, you start looking at them more seriously and then engaging them and finding that they're not, right. they're not difficult. Um, and in fact, they're pretty, pretty productive. So, but just like toilet paper and chicken and bread at the supermarket, there's a rush on that technology and those who know how to help implement it. I mean, right. We've signed up three builders in the past week and a half and, and we have a lot more asking, but we don't have the capacity to do what we need to do at the scale. So, you know, we're still looking at adding teams and staff, but for now there's this toilet paper shortage in terms of who do you convert can help right. and assist right. and how quickly and we're seeing the same thing in, in content, uh, you know, virtual renderings and, and, and interactive floor plans. Everyone's inundated. And, and a lot of those companies, again, are outsourcing that to places like India uh, or, or other countries that are now also in shutdown mode. And so I just use that as a transition point to, to talk to me about some of the other ancillary stories you've had with builders um, in terms of what they're seeing. You mentioned uh, right before we got recording kind of death by a thousand cuts of, of different scenarios that builders are, are being hit with. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I think again, this is, it's not one reason. I mean, we're, we've asked builders, uh, on this survey and, and it's playing out in the kind of anecdotal things that we're hearing of, you know, kind of the external disruptions, uh, public uncertainty and fear, uh, still leads that, that, and it has since the survey began. Um, a third of the builders who responded said that that's that's definitely disrupting, and and we're again we're seeing that in in canceled or postponed projects or, or just people that are you know are not engaging as much as they used to or are just stopping because they're just they don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, and again, before you you give some of those specific yeah. examples, I, I want to reiterate that this isn't meant to scare or or add to that fear, but I I do talk still just. An hour ago, Rich, I was on with someone who's a smaller builder, custom, and they're like, operation normal. Sure, we'd have to do virtual sales and distancing and that stuff. But in terms of construction, zero impact, all all hands on deck. We're still running just fine. And other people in the organizations are texting me afterwards like, can you have another conversation with him? Because <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not quite that perfect. Right. right. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned, uh, I did talk to a builder also just before this call and, you know, they're working on a project uh, with us, a kind of a show home project in Denver. And, you know, we're concerned about their staff and, and their availability, but also concerned about the, you know, the, the schedule of this house. And we asked them how it was going and they're still on pace on schedule for this, for this house and others that they're working on. They're, they're a production builder. But they are seeing, uh, he did mention specifically kind of, you know, death by a thousand cuts, a, a cabinet maker that 
is is ill and is, is quarantined, you know, who mm. can't who can't do his job and and supply, you know, they've got a, a faucet maker, a lighting manufacturer who shut down factories that they get their products from. And so, you know, hopefully there's other factories that can produce those and they can get that, but it's going to be a lead time issue, perhaps. Yep. And, yep. and even, you know, other trades that uh, that just uh, either aren't available. I think he's worried about just the overall supply chain and, and you know, how it's going to be affected state to state, um, even locally. So, uh, you know, we're hearing from other builders, again, on the survey, but also just uh, through communication with them about, you know, how they're, how they're staggering uh, trades. Uh, we just ran a story today that uh, talked about how, you know, there's a, there's a basement, it's first level and second level, and the builder is, has said uh, no more than three people on each level. Um, mm. and, and, and he has put up, you know, visqueen uh, to kind of keep those areas, uh, between areas kind of, you know, more, uh, more airtight, if you will, or just not, not spread as much. And so others that are taking temperature checks, um, others that are, again, kind of upping their game in terms of cleansing and sanitizing shared tools and things like that. So yep. really trying to be careful about how much contact they have. And it isn't business as, as usual. Even builders that are able to work, it's not. It's it's different. It should be different. Yeah. And I think it, as the headlines continue to have different numbers and reports in the days and weeks to come, on the sales end, we're already seeing this. And I'm not, I guess it's a, a cliche to say that, you know, the men and women out in the field, as we like to say in the industry, are tougher. And but, <laughs> but salespeople are pushing back against companies as well and saying, I'm just not comfortable taking appointments, yeah. even if I'm allowed to. And we're likely to see some of that creep in. Right now, I think a lot of a lot of those on the construction end and operations end are, are happy to be able to continue to do their job and keep some sense of normalcy and get things done. But that's also another risk spot that we're likely to see where even if the framer could come out, they may just opt to to not come out for a week or so. And and again, builders have to be prepared and how they're communicating with their customers as much as anything else about potential delays in the backlog because it's it's likely to to be affecting people. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I will say this about salespeople, and I think this, you know, again, a good number of of the people that responded to our survey said that, you know, one of the disruptions is simply taking care of themselves and their family. Right. Um, you know, and it's yeah, like, you can't well, blame them at all. No, not at all. I mean. I mean, that's, you know, I, I I totally respect that, and I think that you know when you are in the field, you may be dealing with other you know kind of colleagues, other trades, um, people to recruit, whatever, and and you might be limited. In your distant, in your in your interactions with them, as you as you should be, but you're still yeah. out there with with other people. But you've got you know sale, people coming in, and and you know a sales conversation is a much more intimate conversation. And yes, um, yes. And I think that you know I can totally respect salespeople going. We've got to come up with a different way to do this because I'm not gonna even if I can, yeah. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, right. And and we already know, you know, you get a, a drywall crew, a painting crew, and a trim crew. Even just two of those three in the house at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like daycare, keeping them apart and and not getting at each other. I'm sure tensions will be be a little bit higher. When and so again, just even if everyone does show up, spacing them out appropriately is likely to slow down the the pace of what's happening. Right, and that that's what I was going to say is that you, you you're you're forcing a delay at a certain level because you're not having multiple multiple trades. Certainly, yep. you know, multiple people on a, a cruise from a particular trade on the site at the same time. So when you might have you know kind of a 
an ability to have two or three different crews from two or three different trades in the house at the same time, you're not doing that anymore. You shouldn't be. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a, it's just a natural delay that's going to occur. I've got a, I've got a question that I have to ask you since you have so much experience in and around this industry. I'm looking at a chart that unfortunately I can't show you, but it shows the, the property sales by day in the 30 major cities of China. Have you seen anything like this? I haven't seen that. No. So I'll send you a copy of it afterwards. It's from Capital Economics and uh, Wind is where the data set's coming from. But it shows this V shape that everyone's talking about in the economics world of hopefully we have a V, a sharp down and then a sharp recovery. And what's interesting is every year China does shut down for their Lunar New Year uh, celebration. And so there's a natural V that you can see clear as day in the chart. It shows 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020 data here. And 2020, though, the difference was when the shutdowns really hit full effect there and they chose to extend the Lunar New Year, there was two weeks, there was a two week period of time where the drop in transaction volume was 100%, basically. <laughs> and and I think that's what, and then, and then it starts coming up and, and after seven and a half weeks, it's back to about uh, 40% of where it should be. So it is coming back and they project in the next two or three months, it'll be back up to 80% of what it was. Right. I'm just curious though, on your take, because when this first, when this data set first came out, everyone was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen here then. And I've heard other people push back and say, well, in other places outside of the U S real estate data is not as, um, secure, meaning that any small, even minor bump in the economy sends, the rate of transactions down dramatically because there's just not enough wealth in comparison to a place like the United States and the market's not as mature. And so they're just tend to be more skittish. Yeah. In other, does that make sense to you? Have you had any experience looking at data in other parts of the world in terms of housing at all? You know, I, every once in a while I, I get interested in what's happening in other countries, but as you pointed out, the U S housing market is, if not unique, very, very different. Than, than almost any other in the world. Um, you know, even in 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 Western Europe and uh, places like Australia, and you know, where you mm-hmm. would think that there would be some correlation there. I think, you know, we have we have such a, van, a vast landmass and such a d- diversity in where population is and income and 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 employment, and even just you know the the fragmentation of our industry in terms of of builders and and all the activities that they do not every builder right um you know builds just just builds they might they might be diversified in fact we see a lot of diversity and then certainly the fragmentation and the the way that the the supply chain is set up and the way that you know we we manage everything from initial contact through you know closing and and warranty and things like that i mean i i do think that it is overall a more stable, mature uh, market. We do what we do really well and people rely on it and can, despite the fragmentation, still kind of understand, you know, that there's a process here. And I think we've kind of, we've kind of, the process that we have, I think is well, is well oiled and, and, and known. Um, does it need improvement? Sure. Right. But I think that you sure. know, people generally rely on it. And I think that, you know, when you do see minor bumps in, in the economy, we aren't as affected. Um, it's not a direct correlation. I do think yeah. though that something like this, you know, you're still seeing uh, some good activity in terms of of, of people interested in buying. Uh, they're just doing it a little differently, and I think that uh, you know what's going to be the what's going to be the the real 
bugaboo here, I think, is you know from a from an income and employment standpoint, is once we get out of this, once people are able to go back to work, if in fact they have a job to go back to, you know, it's going to be it's going to be I think a lot of people trying to trying to recover what they lost, however long this lasts, um, before they feel comfortable before. It, in a, from a critical mass standpoint before they feel yeah. comfortable, yeah. you know, going back and, and saying, Hey, let's think about buying a house or remodeling a house. Yeah. The, the one other, well, I have two other data points. One that's, that's more anecdotal is I am hearing from builders in different parts of the country that they're seeing an increase in the number of relocation buyers that are looking in places huh. like Texas from cities like New York, Chicago, and even LA, just places that are perceived as safer, affordable alternatives, and, or they were already in process to, to be relocated for a right. new job position. And so that seems to be one spot that's hanging on a little bit better, especially when builders have inventory. That's the, that's the good data point I have or, or story. The other one that's interesting, this is from a website called the real deal, uh, is that daily average apartment sales fell 90% in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, so, so similar kind of and again, it's, it's still that same thing of how much is that like America? Yeah. We don't know, but it is, it, there is kind of, even though things are normal, I think what, what your survey is showing and, and what makes sense, especially again, for the smaller builders who may be listening is there will be some period where there is this kind of a sudden stop feeling and knowing that that's not likely to last forever, but you still have to be prepared for it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that that's the, that's the, the difficult part is, is to prepared in what way and, and prepared, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think, again, all the things we've been talking about, like, you know, this is a time where, you know, it, I hate to say invest because a lot of builders, especially the smaller builders are saying, I invest, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold <laughs> on. Right. And I get right. it. Um, but I think, you know, if you can find, you know, ways to, it, it, we were talking uh, as a staff today and, and somebody brought up that, you know, um, just to keep, uh, certain trades or certain employees busy, you know, they're having them, you know, if they have a, a shop at home, which a lot of, a lot of craftsmen do, you know, yep. they're building cabinets and, and they can't necessarily go to the site and install them, but at least those are getting produced and they're being able to pay those guys That's a great point. or women to, to do that. Um, you know, and some other things that, that they could do. And just what's encouraging too, is that whether it's because they feel they have to now, and it, it's a good time, a little bit like the technology we talked about, but also just they have the time perhaps is to really look at their operations and say, are we as streamlined as we can be? Are we prepared for crisis? Are we prepared? You know, how can we do better when, when something like this happens again? And I think that's all encouraging things. And I think it's a, it's an opportunity to, and that doesn't necessarily cost any money. It's just, you know, looking right. at your own data and saying, you know, where are we? That's just being creative. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and really sitting down with it and saying, I have time now, you know, for better or worse, I've got time now. And this is a chance for me to really, you know, hone my business down to a, a really, you know, you know, kind of streamlined operation that is profitable yep. and can maintain profitability. And that's just going to help in any kind of downturn, but even, even something like this. And even on the ad front, this will be my, my last point, and then I'll turn it back to you for your last point is e- even, even though advertising is something that oftentimes people cut and we, we would recommend, and we're working with almost all of our builder partners to trim back where it makes sense or re reestablish where the money's going in a time like this, we have a, a new builder that we just started with, uh, at the beginning of the month and we, we doubled their website traffic spending $12 yeah. on on the right type of advertising. 
where with traffic that's staying there for you know over a minute and a half, visiting multiple pages, taking next steps. So I I think that's my last parting thought is there there is a big difference still between turning the knob completely off and keeping the lights on. And if you can, there's still a huge opportunity in keeping the lights on because there is still until that sudden stop occurs that we talked about before. And right. then you've got to make another call. Right. But it's just interesting the opportunities that are out there for people who can uh, think creatively and just, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say $12 a day is investing. Right. It's, right. it's, it's <laughs> like a, a two cups of coffee. Well, you're not spending it on Starbucks now. Right. Right. You know, exactly. So, um, so or that office party. Presumably you have it in your pocket because you know, you're not spending <laughs> yeah. six bucks for a latte. I think, right. I think, you know, for us and I, and I, I don't want to necessarily tout, you know, or toot our own horn, but I think that, you know, there is a wealth of content, both from what you and, and, and Mike and, and your team have put together for us over the years um, and other contributors and other stories that we have on our website that aren't COVID related, but are operational related, how to, uh, do the, some of the things that you talked about, how to, um, you know, and why to, and, and, and really mm-hmm. that you can do, like you said, with a minimal amount of cost or really no cost of say, you know, I think you had something uh, a couple of months ago that was about, you know, uh, the different channels and, and how to target um, your message on those channels. And that's shifted a little bit. And, and I think, you know, again, uh, take advantage of the time that you have um, to really, you know, go back and, and maybe review some of those. And we have them separated by design, construction, sales and marketing, business management. Um, you can find stories that, that really kind of where your pinch point is, again, yep. aren't survival strategies necessarily for this particular thing. But, you know, even dating back to the Great Recession, where we were talking about things that you can do at that time. And, I, and we are mm-hmm. working on stories that are going to be lessons from then that apply now. Um, that's going to come out, uh, you know, sooner. Yeah. Soon yeah. Just, can... just yesterday, Rich had emailed Mike and I, and he was like, okay, here's the dates for your next stories. And thankfully there is no predetermined subjects yet because they all, sh- they all need to be different now, whatever yes. they were going to be, they're not going to be the, the same thing. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think again, it, you know, we try to be a resource. Uh, that's our, that's our main job is to, is to be a resource for builders and not just in the current month, but certainly, you know, archived and, and all of that still, is relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and hopefully, you know, builders will, will kind of look to us as one of their resources to go for help and trying to weather this. And, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, you know, hunker down and, and, you know, you know, and, and try to keep the lights on. That's, that's, that's definitely something that, you know, we hope that they can do and will do. Um, but, but really it's just, uh, we just hope everybody stays safe. Everybody stays healthy. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, understands the gravity of this and, and respects it. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can come out of this more quickly because we're all kind of in lockstep in it. Yeah. And, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but find someone who's been through 2008, 2009. Yeah. If you don't have a friend or a buddy, we need to reinstitute the buddy system. If you've never been through that period, reach back out because if not, you're going to be caught completely off guard or have more emotional reactions than I find when I talk to someone who's been through that period, there's still emotions involved, but it's, it's a, at a whole different level in terms of understanding what's likely to come and, and what needs to be. Done. Oh, for sure. I think the perspective that, that builders who did survive that and, 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 and came out of it and are thriving now or until this, this happened, I think is, is, is great perspective. But I also think that, you know, hopefully this is a time where the, the housing industry and builders in particular really understand the value of, of sharing experience, sharing 
solution sharing um, data, you know, to come to, to kind of come together. We're, we keep it so close to the vest sometimes. And really, um, you know, this is a time to, like you said, reach out. I can't imagine a market where there isn't some builder, at least a, you know, a top 50 or top 100 market where there isn't at least one builder who didn't make it through the recession. So, right. so you know, somebody local, somebody through your HBA, whatever, um, you know, find those people and, and yeah, have a conversation with them, have a video, a video chat or whatever, and, and just pick their brain. I'm sure they'd be willing to share that because we're all going through this. And, and, uh, I think that's a, yep. that's another silver lining. Well, th- thanks for joining us. I'm going to end with a high point here, at least from, from my perspective is that we had a call with most of the builders that we work with, uh, last week all together, all at the same time. And one of the questions we asked them live on that call was, how many of you would, if the opportunity presented itself, be in the market to pick up home sites that became available? <laughs> and over half of them responded, heck yeah, like we are ready because so many of those builders who were tremendously successful were hitting this wall of affordable opportunity to, yeah. to develop or to grab lots. And so that, that is another, the fact that so many people answered that tells me that there's enough people who are well capitalized and are in a different situation than 2008, 2009. So yes. that's that's great news that there's enough of those people out there and they're going to need employees as they keep growing if yep. those if they do acquire those lots. So yeah, great. We'll see we'll see how it goes. That Rich, thanks again for joining us. Really thanks appreciate for having me on. Oh, it was great. And I appreciate your uh, appreciate you having me on. Thank you.